Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bud Rebel Show, a podcast like no other. We bring out exciting new ideas. We have thrilling guests. We have some really weird facts, and we always try to end with a hopeful note. Today, I have a noted noted author and women's activist, Hannah Weisberg, today. Hannah, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Hannah, I see that you've written seven books. Right. Yes. Seven books. Seven books. <laughs> Are they, uh, each book is more than a couple pages, I would assume. Oh, yes, with lots of sources. <laughs> I write scripts, and writing a book has got to be so daunting. I mean, what was your first book that you wrote, actually? first book was called The Crown of Creation. Okay. And I remember telling my husband, you know, I think I'm going to write a book because I was doing classes on biblical women. And the message that women could learn, men and women could really learn from it. You know, contemporary ideas. I found some of the struggles that these people went through were so much mirroring the struggles that we go through today, if you just remove some of that historical context. And so I remember telling my husband, you know, I think I'm going to write down this information because I did a lot of research. And I'm going to just write it out for myself. And then I was like, I think I'm going to write out the notes that I wrote for myself into a book. And he's like, yeah, right, exactly what you just said. <laughs> and at the time, I had a few little little children, you know, keeping you quite busy. I have six kids. Wow. And, uh, six kids and seven books. And, I need, you need more, and more, ten more. grandchildren so far <laughs> and counting. <laughs> That's the fun part. The grandkids are the fun part. So wait, so when was your first book published? It was in the 90s. How long did it take you to write? Um, it took a couple months, you know, a couple few months. months. Yeah. And you, I guess you research everything. And I mean... When you write a book, now you how do you get it published at, by the way? How does that happen? How do you get it published? Yeah, how does that how does um, the whole process work with so, that? So, well, I approached different publishers, you know, and it was an interesting process. Some mm. were interested, some were not. So you get rejection, and then we just proceeded. You just keep, you know, it was on the shelf for a little while because I didn't get someone. And then we found someone who did it, and it was actually sold out so quickly. So there's, so you, you have to, like, like anything, I said, you're, 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 you're your own salesperson. You're your own salesperson, which is probably the hardest part. Like, I don't mind writing. I don't mind researching. But it's harder for me to sell myself. Right. So that's where, it, you know, I, I think in general, creative people and artists in general find it hard to market themselves. And that's why we have all these kinds of marketers who help with these kind sure, of things. Sure. And so your first book, how many... Sales, what was it, how many sales did you make? Um, well, this was a, like a very niche kind of book. So it was it was sold about 10,000 copies. That's 10,000? Yeah. Not bad yeah. at all. Yeah. Not bad at all. And from there you come, what do you, how do you, I mean, how did the book get known? How did people know that book, you know, do you go on a, a tour? How does that happen? So it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think when you write a book that is something that is close to your heart, and close to your community's heart, you know, something that people are really struggling with, that's when it spreads. And that's, that first book spreads so quickly. It just touched a chord in the, in, the, in the Jewish community that wasn't around. And I started speaking. I had been doing some speaking before then, but after that I did a lot more speaking because people just want you to speak when you're, you know, when you've written about a book. About the book itself, right. About the right. book and, and about the topics of the book. And the first book was basically, as I said before, you try and like to, because I had a lot of this type of thing where you take the stories of the Bible right, and you bring it to current times. Exactly. And specifically for women. So it was called The Crown of Creation. 
because I believe that women are the spiritual crown of creation. Okay. <laughs> is it just for Jewish women or this goes to everybody else? So that was what was fascinating. It was really, I, I got so many comments from the general population, not just, wow. you know, women, even though it was specifically geared to Jewish women, but it was really applicable to all women, to women and men really out there. And you and you have seven books. So the other, t- other books. books, what are the other books about? The same um, so afterwards, I, you know, I, I have what I call my brain books <laughs> and my, my heart books. So the brain books are the more research books and the books that are more on kind of topics and interesting research that I've done or, you know, applied ideas. And then the heart books are more the ideas that are just, those are a lot of stories. Story One is called Divine Whispers, and it's about how the, through throughout our lives, there's always kind of a divine whisper. There's a message, a message from God, a message to us, a spiritual message to us that we can take and understand. So when we go through life, everything that we see or hear is really there to inspire us, to take, give us a lesson, to teach us something. And this is a message for everybody. And this is a message for everybody. So when you're playing with your kids in the park, you know, there might be something that happens there that you see there that's really a message for you. How about like things that aren't good that are covering Those are also messages. Those are things that might be messages of what you should be changing. Everything you see is really a message. Even someone who gets you really aggravated, really upset, um, is mirroring something that you have inside of you that you might need to be working on or needed to correct in yourself. So it's almost like God sending certain people to you at certain times and trying to give you... People, circumstances, situations, anything that's happening to you is there for a reason. And the reason is what you'll make of it, you know, and some so, things are bigger, obviously, and some things are smaller, but... Are you, are you the type of person who believes more in predestination, would you say, or is it that we have the willingness to change what's going to occur? Oh, we definitely can change what, what, what can occur. We have the power, and the power is very much inside of us. So we might not, and again, we might not be able to change the circumstances of our lives, but how we view those circumstances is going to change the outcome. And that's why how we view just a regular occurrence in our lives could change what we make of it. You know, it's, you know, it's really inspiring to have you here because so many people in our current culture are either atheists or agnostics or just not finding faith. And it seems to be pushing in all different directions. We have, uh, in the Jewish religion, a lot of people are intermarrying and they don't know where to start. In other religions, this, it just seems like we're getting more into our own lives individually, not worrying about what our mission you might say. So it's really inspiring that you're here. And I think when I hear from people that are, let's say, agnostic atheists, it's like, if God was here, why did this happen? If God is here, why does that happen? And you're trying to tell people there's a message that they may not, they may have to take into a little further than, than just the exact thing. Am I, am I reading that right? You're reading that right, and I'm going to say something even more radical. I appreciate that. My viewers love that. But. <laughs> Not only is God in this world and giving you a message or teaching you something, but there's a piece of God inside of you. Um, and that means that there's a soul within you. It's a divine soul. And that soul is has infinite capabilities when we connect and connect to the infinite God. So in other words, you have a tremendous power in your ability and what you see around you and what you connect with around you. And no, we're not, things are not, the world doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. It happens for us to make a difference. 
And I, I think what's so sad about people being agnostics or not believing in God is the loneliness of that journey. I think people nowadays are just so lonely. Um, we feel so alone because all of us have challenges. All of us have, you know, you could be a religious person and still have challenges in your life. Being right. religious doesn't mean that you don't have challenges, that you don't have questions, that you don't have, that you don't wonder, God, where are you? You know, that's an unthinking person. That's not a religious person. And I'm wondering like, COVID changed a lot of that too. COVID Co changed a tremendous Because a lot amount. of people, first of all, it separated us. Yes. It's such a, we became like we had to be in a little boxes, you might say. Exactly. Afraid of going out and seeing us. And I don't know whether that brought some people closer to God or further from God because they have the individual world. Right. But we saw people, loved ones, just passing. That was very sad, yes. And a lot of people, that probably at this, at this time was the biggest crisis that people would say in terms of faith. How did some? How do people? How did you? Did you deal with people like that? And how did you help people in that situation? Well, you know what? I, I think when someone is dealing with a crisis or challenge, you know, there's a part of you that is saying, "Why is this happening to me? And what? What's going on here? And it's not fair. And this, you know, this shouldn't be happening." And then there's a part of you that is saying, "The only way that I am getting through this is because God is supporting me." So in our hardest times, in our times of most difficulty, um, I can just tell you, I had one of my, one of my, my oldest son had cancer when he was like in his young 20s. Wow. Now, thank God, he's okay, it was treatable and all that. But I remember when he told it to me, I felt like I was punched in the gut. And I was like, God, what's going on here? Yeah, why do I deserve this? Exactly, 100%. So, and then how do, you, I mean, how do you qualify that? You'd see an innocent person. Like you say, like people say, why the Holocaust? Or why this? Right. So how, like, that's the biggest question I know in Jewish religion. My father always said to me, because he was not a very person of that deep faith. He always if God was there, why would the Holocaust occur? How would you say that to people? I would say that that is a question that I cannot answer because it's just too big. None of us can answer it. There's no... There's no fathomable answer that we, the, the human mind, the logical human mind, can answer why God allowed that to happen. And at the same point... But God is also not a human being. So yes. I can't comprehend that. It's not something that any of us... I mean, the Lubavitcher Rebbe said this, and he was a mind that was, whoa, like huge. And he said, this isn't a question that we can answer. You know, we just have to keep asking God, God, what, what's going on here? We don't understand it. But at the same time, you know, when my son was going through that... I felt that I could only wake up in the morning and go with him to the doctors that we went to because God was literally putting one foot in front of the other. Without that, without God's strength, it wasn't me who was holding me up because when you're going through a difficult situation, it's really hard and you know you feel like just giving up. But that part of you that goes forward and makes the effort is really God leading your way. You know, this is bringing up the idea of the Holocaust, and since you're talking about a larger picture, and this is going to be very controversial to some people, I wonder, though, if the Jewish people would have Israel if that horrible thing didn't happen. I wonder if we would have been a strong, independent people if that that didn't happen. I don't say there's any reason that we could ever, we can never qualify the, the evil and the destructiveness, but right. at the same time, we don't know, that, as you said, the big map. Right. And sometimes something really horrible and that's behind me understanding right. brings on something so powerful. And I'm just thinking, this generation sees that. And, and then you look at miracles like you know in your life. I, I mean, as a religious person, were you always this way? Was this like, did you, were you brought up this way? Or did you, in this I, faith? Well, I was brought up as a religious person. My father's a rabbi. He was sent by the Lubavitcher Rebbe to Toronto, where I spent many, many, my first many years of my life. 
Um, but no, I wasn't always what I am now because if I always was what I am now, then that would mean that I, I'm like a two-year-old or like mm. a, a five-year-old. And my, I mean, hopefully we all grow psychologically, emotionally, was spiritually. There, was there a point where you were like almost, I would say, rebel, we're going to rebel against this or did, or, or um, inclined to people that try to push you to whatever, anything that happened? It was more like, let me find answers. And that was that's what pushed me to write some of the books. You know, I was wondering about feminism, about women, about women's rights, and where were the women? You know, what, where can we find the voices of the women in, in, in the Tanakh, in the Torah? Now, I'm going to say again, you being traditionally Jewish, um, I guess men can't shake your hand. And, Correct. And, there, and there's a lot of people thinking, and again, I apologize if this sounds incorrect, that women are like lower than the man in a traditional way, that the man has a right. It, is that, or is it, how, how would you answer that type of question? That Well, that's why I wrote the book, The Crown of Creation is the first, <laughs> and that's why I started off, I think the women are the crown of creation. Um, I think that women have, you know, Judaism really recognizes their spiritual capabilities, how they're more spiritually inclined then men, Judaism looks at men as more animalistic and women as more spiritually refined. Um, in yes. fact, if you look at the, the way that creation went, we start off with inanimate, you know, then we go into things like insects and then animals and, and then we go into human humanity, human beings, we go into Adam and then we go into Chava, Eve. Uh -oh. So I was saying there's a feeling by those that are, quote, more liberal that the orthodox women are treated in a fairy way. Mm. And I guess it's part of the whole thing, even with services, you might say, that you can't participate in the service. They get very upset about it on a regular basis. Or that you can't, a, a man can hold, a man, can, a man can't touch a woman. Um, and the whole feeling of that of the quote how would you argue against that especially with the traditional view so you know like i said at the beginning the reason why i wrote the book i called it the crown of creation all about the, the greatness of women because i feel women are the pinnacle of creation and judaism really looks at women you know that that attitude is an attitude that a lot of people have um, until they meet you know a, a real religious family where they'll see that the women there's different roles sometimes but the woman is just not the one that's just told what to do and doing it um, in fact judaism sees women as more spiritual than men um, men is more animalistic and that's why there's certain laws that men have to do because not because women can't do them but because they don't need it they're more spiritually connected to god already um, so as far as services, women can definitely attend services at any time. They should, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, men are obligated in that. Um, as far as, you know, touching women, just like I can't touch your hand, my husband can't touch a woman's hand. Um, not because of an, a, a disregard for the women or a disregard for the men. It's on both men and women equally. But it's a respect for a certain intimate um, transactions that, that happen. So we look at sexuality today as everything is so casual. Everything is just open sex, you know, lots of casual interactions. And Judaism says, hold on, let's, let's take a deeper look at this and let's take a look that, so you're right, like a handshake isn't like a sexual encounter, 
but maybe it's meant to be. So maybe it should be something that is a more intimate encounter. When a man touches a woman or a woman touches a man, maybe it should be something that's a, that we're more sensitive to. So we live, I, I know this idea sounds so radical, like, come on, you're just handshaking. But we've come to become so casual with one another that um, even intimate uh, interactions become something so casual. And that's how sexuality has become so casual. You meet somebody, so you go to sleep with them, rather than something that's more sacred, more holy, um, more reserved for that special individual. And the whole, again, you know, do you ever like it's 90 degrees outside and you just feel like wearing a, a t-shirt, or even your husband, a t-shirt and shorts, and you're wearing this outfit, does it ever like bother you as a whole? Cotton, cotton. Loose <laughs> <laughs> <This> cotton. <laughs> but like, you know, you're, you're seeing everybody wearing, you know, much more relaxed clothes and you're still doing that. Do you ever, does it ever? Um, you know, it, 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 it doesn't really, I mean, here we live in, uh, not the, not the, I guess if I lived like where my daughter lives in the Bahamas, she's always <laughs> there, maybe. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, 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 it really, certain things, I mean, I'm not talking about wearing clothes like so stifling clothes. You could wear loose fitting. It, it's, I think, more in our minds, you know, that, that pair of shorts with a t-shirt, which is kind of clingy, can be hotter than just a loose dress that's just till the, you know, till our knees. Um, so... No, it doesn't really doesn't really bother me because I feel a sense of um, protection of that that people aren't just looking at what I at, at my physical being, but at something deeper at what we are. And you know, again, what I, I you know the Bud Rebel show has that rebel link to it, and I don't mean to sound like this is a rebel thing, but almost the idea is that it, you live in a community where I mean your community is more traditional, but you associate with all different people and to me it's sort of refreshing hmm. that someone who can be again whatever it is can be themselves and not be afraid to be themselves you know i, I have such respect for people that you know where they they whatever their faith yeah I'm like proud i don't know what you're gonna ask it. me so <laughs> it's really, and here it's we really, are and you said my is there anything that you can't ask me and i said no go that, ahead which is so. pretty yeah because people would think people would think you're very reserved to what you'd ask right right because of the way you dress and the way you are but you're pretty much open about different topics and because one of the things now that's going on which i mean um there's a whole movement with the gay lesbian transgender the woman the children changing at a young age from Mm-hmm. And I know traditionally, I don't think this goes with the traditional Judaism. And there's also a battle, and it's very difficult because there are some people, whatever it is, it's an inclination that but some people might have mental issues. And I think all these things they're doing, whatever they're doing, some of it is to almost cover that mental health without dealing with it. You Absolutely. know, whether. And I think that might be, and, and you know, the whole nine yards. They don't, it's and easy. And we're to also go. so confused with our sexuality, you know, which may be showing in this transgenderism. You know, we're just men are confused, women are confused. Maybe because there is these, this, these, these lines have been blurred. There are no boundaries. Nothing is sacred. Maybe that's what causes some of the confusion. But you believe a man and a woman could do basically the same things. I mean, women, I guess, would you say, what do you think the difference between a man and a woman other than, you know... That woman but, being better, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. um, do I, what do I think are bad? I, I think um, women have a more inner way of looking at things. I mean, this is a general... I shouldn't say men and women. I would say femininity or... Fem, 
masculinism and femininity um, is is what we should be saying. So you know, there could be someone who is a man who has some feminine traits and a woman who has some masculine traits. But I think the feminine trait is a more inward-looking trait, where they look more inwards and establish the boundaries around themselves, the boundaries around their home. They're more nurturing. That's what I feel is is a better is a stronger quality for a more feminine um, person. Now I'm gonna part of the show we bring up business ideas and. This is not one that I really plan to bring up here, but it's so interesting. Maybe work for today. One of the business ideas I just thought of is called rent a parent. Mm-hmm. And this is when somebody, maybe they weren't, shouldn't be dating this person or whatever, doesn't want to bring their, their girlfriend, their boyfriend to their actual parent. <laughs> so they would rent the parent for the day. <laughs> wow. So when they come back, at least they have a better atmosphere of what their parent is like. Or maybe their parent is not the person they really want, maybe their parent has a problem, they want to introduce it to somebody else in between, and then we change the situation. But it, <laughs> how's that for a different idea? That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think you need it for just when you have, uh, you know, you're bringing the, the girlfriend that you want to introduce to your parents. I think many many kids would say, I want to rent a new parent. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes you feel like your parent's going to say something awkward or whatever, it's all like planned out. It's much easier that way. You know the saying, when you're little, you, you think your parents are... are are God, you know, they know everything. When you get older, you can become a teenager. Oh, you think they don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, you realize the truth in between. Exactly. That's it. You know, and when you become a parent, then you start being grateful for all that they did. <laughs> in the, I know, I was just also curious what you think about what's going on in East Palestine, the, not the Palestine country, Palestine, Ohio. It appears that a lot of people are suffering from a leak and it one of the things that people have been complaining about is where is the government? Right. Which is an interesting thing. I mean, I think the first responsibility of government, first responsibility, is security of our people. You know, to make sure things don't happen. Absolutely. And and that's the number one, whether it's whether it's a crime situation and people feel like they're not safe in the streets. Right. Whether it's a fentanyl coming in our country. For sure. Or whether it's Jews being attacked in uh, New York or in Crown Heights. Right. You know, absolutely. That should be the number one concern of, of, of our government is to protect mm-hmm. people. And I think it's failing all over. And in, in this idea, of, it's interesting because they wanted to take rail trains to pass this dangerous liquids through. Hmm. And they had, I guess, like what well, they have the, I would say, tunnels that were going to do it, pipelines. Mm-hmm. They got rid of that. And hmm. now these accidents are happening. And they don't tell people to leave. That's horrible. And I, I mean, I think in general we we're we're a generation that doesn't have a lot of leadership. You know, our leaders are not really there to lead. They're just there for the polls very often, and that's it's it's disheartening. Um, so no, I I wouldn't I wouldn't think that that's a very nice thing. And I think that you know that's it. It seems like I usually talk about leadership, mm-hmm. but also my show. So leadership took my go a little further. Is that I think that's part of leadership. Being there. It is part of leadership. Being, being there. there for the people when things are not right. And even if it's your fault. Right. It doesn't mean, and it also doesn't mean you're being a leadership. Which, again, I'm, I, you're a good example where you're not just talking to the people that preach to the choir. You're going outside. Mm. You're willing to talk to other people. So even, let's say, this was a group that didn't support you. Mm-hmm. You're, there, you're still their leader. Right. So it means you need to be talking to well, them. Well, I think a person has to have confidence in, in, in what they're doing and really believe in what you're doing in order to talk to people. 
But if you're just there for other reasons, because if it's your own ego or whatever else, then you don't really have that confidence and belief in your in what you're doing and in yourself. And it shows, I guess. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, this disaster happened. They're like, where is our? You know, I mean, and they just want to. Sometimes I think people don't always want a solution right away. Right. They just want empathy. Empathy. They, they don't really heard. care. Absolutely. And then and then they're, they're there. They're listening to them. They're trying to do something. Well, and that's then, really what a leader is to show empathy, to show that they care. And I think that's. They dismissed that. Yeah. By the way, I'm getting a little thirsty. I'm gonna try this Wingman Smart Energy. Go ahead. Okay, they are not funding us yet, but we'll try this. <laughs> it's supposed to be immune support, anti-inflammatory. This has a lot of good stuff. Mm. I don't know. I have no idea how this tastes. And this is Poland water, I believe. Poland so. <laughs> Okay. 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 I have another. I have a weird fact, and I'm definitely pronouncing this wrong. I'm just warning you. Hmm. In Missouri, there's something called the Anatoy Chamber. And this chamber is the quietest place on earth. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, when you're in that chamber, it's so quiet that you can hear your own heartbeat. Wow. The longest anybody's been able to stay in that chamber is 45 minutes. Wow. It's like, I, it's, it's that interesting thing with that, like a drop of water. And you know, the Chinese water torch, where it's so quiet, it just drives you. Well, why is that? Is it that people aren't comfortable with themselves? I, I guess <laughs> it is interesting because it's because I guess it is like just like you. I, I guess mean, you want to hear some noises. I just ask a question like, are we drowning out our own voices when we play the music the loudest, or when we have the TV, you know, blaring? Like, what is it that we're looking for? Is it that we're drowning out? certain voices from within us that we aren't ready to hear well, that's an interesting thing too because again i like listening to all different music so one of the things and also i try to be open to everything to some degree that doesn't hurt my body let's say but you are uh, generally have to be reserved right you can't listen to certain music are you allowed to listen to everything or certain oh, tv I, shows um or do you does your are you is that a it's not an obligation but it's a choice you know i don't want to listen to things that are going to drag me down i like to listen to things that are uplifting i like to listen to things that are educational i like to listen to things that are going to make me happy not things that are you know foul or talk about things that i i mean i i once turned on the radio once went on to a, a channel where it was talking about all this killing and all these foul words, and it was like, why would anyone want to listen to that? You know. Well, the only thing I would say to you is, is sometimes when I watch a show that is somebody I don't like, or someone, it opens doors to understanding that person, where I would just maybe just look at them superficially. Absolutely. So well, I might, I might see that person. You know, a lot of these shows like expand a character, so you don't just see them as, oh, he's a, he's a nasty. But you should understand whether, and it opens up channels that you may not see. Right. And even the music. So there's a little music and... Well, that's a very good point because, you know, we don't look at, we look at actions as being wrong, but we don't look at people as being wrong. And that's, there's a big difference. You know, you don't look at someone who's doing something evil. It's not the action is evil. You know, the person is not necessarily evil. Hopefully not. Right. You know? And there's ways that... If we look deeper into human beings, people that do or say things wrong, we can understand where they're coming from. Right, and from those, and that helps sometimes because, like, there are days that you walk outside and, and someone you like didn't say hello to you, and you're like, "Why?" Right. And you're mad about it. Right. But we don't have the whole picture. We don't have the picture of that person. 
you know, that day their, their, I don't know, their dog was sick. I don't know. Or, 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 you know, their... Well, Judaism says don't judge a person unless you stand in their shoes. And you're never standing in their shoes because you never know what they went through in their childhood, who, what their parents are like, what their, what their boss just did to them today and what their uh, husband just, uh, you know, why he was in a bad mood. You, you don't know any of that. So somebody's like a friend of yours. So it's, it's easier said than done, I would say. Right? Oh, of course. It's much easier said than done. Somebody who's like your friend of yours and just like gets like really, you ask them a question about something they give you like a totally different opinion that like they really seem nasty to you. What do you do? So I think like this goes back to your own inner confidence, because if you're okay with who you are, why do you need someone else's acknowledgement? You know, why do you need somebody else? In other words, when someone's nasty to you, you're saying to yourself, it hurt me. Why did it hurt me? Because why are they being nasty to me? That means maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe they don't like me. Maybe they're being uh, obnoxious because of some reason. It's hurting me. If I'm confident in who I am and I'm not, why, why do I care what that other person is being, is saying to me? You know, they, they, they just, they just scream something at me. Why do I care? What does it hurt me? It's obviously about them, not about me, but we interpret it about ourselves. So if I can just remove myself from the picture and realize exactly what you're saying, you know, that maybe the person just went through a hard time. Maybe the person who knows what's going on in their life. And that's why they're acting that way to me. That doesn't mean I have to sit and take that abuse. Remove myself from the situation. Remove myself from that friendship if it's a friend that's constantly abusive. I don't need to take abuse, but I also don't need to feel insulted or sad or angry or whatever else about it. Is it possible, again, this is deep, like that's going on with you? Is it possible then to say to that person, you know, I, I noticed you seem upset. Is, is there anything? Oh, for sure. Communication com- is great. I mean, if, if you can. can, I guess when it comes yeah, down a little bit. Yeah, if you can, for sure. Communication is great. And maybe you can even do- understand where they're coming from. Right, when Empathize in a way that you can really help them. Right. Because be the I guess like you were saying before, even these bad things, maybe it's a sign from God that you could help somebody. Absolutely. I don't know. They, 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 maybe sure. they're lost and they need that journey. 100%. You know, it's funny. I'm wearing this Alaska. This is a little personal reflection. <laughs> And we went to Alaska, as you see that. My, my, the best gift my parents gave me. And one of the things when you go to Alaska, you're going to see all these crazy animals. Like you'd think you'd see something. But in Alaska, the animals are very smart. <laughs> we didn't see very few animals. It was the weirdest thing. And the funny thing, like, probably that, it's just like when you're like, I, when I went to like Mexico, another example, I want to see a monkey. You know, I don't know. I just wanted to see a monkey. And when I'm not looking, that monkey appears. Mm-hmm. And when I'm looking, it never appears. Mm-hmm. And it's just like everything seems to like everything's gonna happen when you're just not thinking it's gonna happen. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, I was at the pool and this monkey all of a sudden appeared and I've got all these jungle things and nothing's there. Right. It's just like out of the blue things happen. Like and I was with my daughter. Well, you're one here time. in Pomona. You never see bears. I see bears. <laughs> I never saw. I did. I never saw a bear, but I was one time. I was driving my daughter to like appointment, and and out of the blue. I saw a baby cub, Aww. a bear cub. I wanted to go out and <laughs> just grab it. My, my daughter's like, no, no, the no, mom is there. The <laughs> but it was such a cool thing. I was like, am I ever going to experience this ever in my life? Again, you know, this is here right now. Right. Where's my camera? Where's my everything? Yeah. I just got to tell people the story. You right. know, everything happens like out of the blue. Like, well, you it don't happened because you noticed it though, right? That you could have just been driving and not even notice it. Yeah. So most of us just drive through life without noticing things and that's, you know, that's that's hard. Right. Because we're the, missing out on so much. We're only different things today. Yeah, Absolutely. it's definitely true. Um, 
what do you like in terms of people that aren't so spiritually guided what's a good first starting base for them what's a first starting and i'm I mean, i'm talking i'm not i reach people christian jews muslim all different people atheists. what's a good like to get the feel what would you recommend people to do or if they feel lost it's just, just a like it's a lot on you but what would you say is a good reflection that you could do to help them see something in a different light an act of kindness do an act of kindness and you become kind um, it expands you it makes you more aware of people around you it makes you more aware of the universe makes you more aware that there's a creator in this world and that's why we should be kind to one another because if we're just about the survival of the fittest then i don't have to do anything kind to you and it's just about who can get the most but once we extend ourselves to another person and we act kindly we start feeling kindly and we start creating a more kind environment in our world wow so that's actually it's interesting so you're saying a guide to spiritual guide guidance is just being kinder to people and you'll see a little high uh, i guess a little soul opening up a little further i words. think so and that's, you know and realizing that you really are a godly a godly being you know i think if you can get to that then yeah so you're saying i mean one of the things also i mean um it's Judaism, traditional Judaism, recognizes every person, I guess, as a person of God. I mean, I'm, I'm, every person I'm has a, a spark of God. God. Every yeah, creation I'm, actually has a spark of God. So even a stone has a spark of God. So we can see things a little bit more beautiful in the world that we don't. It's intentional. Say. It's not a haphazard world. It's a beautiful world. It's God's garden, which is the name of one of my books, Tending the book. Garden. <laughs> so people want to know more about your books or reading. How can they find out about you? Um, so you can follow me on Instagram, Hannah Weisberg Insights. And, um, How do you spell that? You got to do this slowly for... Okay. <laughs> yeah. C-H-A-N-A-W-E-I-S-B-E-R-G insights as in insights okay. <laughs> and uh yeah you can follow me on on facebook as well um you can see me on thejewishwoman.org thejewishwoman.org there's <laughs> lots of videos lots of articles um that i i have I have on there and um do you, do you if people need to reach out and they're, they're feeling lost as a way to through the instagram you return well you can, they can reach out to through the jewishwoman.org and i will get it and i think and you i guess you do lectures in different areas so i can catch up on i that. do lectures all over the world so wow. i traveled all over yes oh we didn't get we didn't touch that wow. yeah. okay <laughs> i wanted to sort of an investment idea of mine and i i'm going back to another one that i i've talked about in the past but i'm taking a bigger gamble on this one it's called stkh stkh the reason i like this company is i like what they're doing i think one of the things i told you about in investments is to like the company because you like what they're about and stkh is in doing the doing is developing a meat made from a stem cell which is be interesting which is a nice discussion mm. about that one mm. where no animals will be slaughtered in the process which is going to be interesting with kosher was but more importantly also for land where they can't grow they can't have cows and sheep and so forth. It might be a future type of development. It's an Israeli-based company. It's very inexpensive. I'm just driven by that, just like I was driven by Tesla. So when you're looking at stocks, look for companies that you believe in, that they have a mission that you feel comfortable with. And that's a good feeling because there's going to be ups and downs along the way. It's just good to be involved in something you believe in, a little bit more principled. So that was going to mention about that. Nice. My message for today, ending the message, is when people are down and they're feeling sad and confused and they're just things are just not going right i think it's important to stay in motion when you stay in motion your emotions can come back 
do the daily activities that you, a little harder to do that day. Maybe make sure you make the bed or the laundry or, or go out and, and make sure you take care of those walk, walk. Just keep in motion because the more you keep in motion, the better you'll feel step by step. And do an act of kindness. And do an act of kindness. <laughs> I like that one. It's on our show, though, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And God bless you all. Have a good day.